Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Father, I just take a moment just to tune into your heart. Because I know that throughout my life, you move towards me when I'm in need. And you know every single person in this room. Whether they know you or not, you know them. And you love them. And you're aware of their needs. You're aware of the things that they need breakthrough in, provision in, blessing in, healing in. And I just, I just feel to remind us this morning that he knows. He knows. And Father, I ask that even as we sit, even as we are being ministered to by your word, that you would actually start to work those miracles in people as they sit here, even if they're impossible, even if they're seemingly unfixable. God, that you would come and work your power, work your love, work your truth. Because God, it is who you are. It is what you do. You save, you heal, you set free, you provide, you redeem. It's in your nature and it's, it's everything about your character. So for every single person in this place, I just ask that their faith would rise. Where there's doubt, that you would speak your truth. Where there's been discouragement of maybe believing for things and not seeing it happen, God, that you would speak your truth. And again, we lay it at your feet. And we do it over and over and over again because we know that you're trustworthy and we know that you will take it and you will be gentle and kind with it, but that you will minister to the deepest parts that need that God. And, and just know that this morning where you're sitting, even if you've brought it to him time and time and time and time again, he's not finished with it. He's not done with it. It might look different. It might not be a quick fix but he's working. If you trust him, if you trust it over into his hands, into his care, his love and his kind. And Father, we just, again, just say that we're so desperate for you, for your heart, for your truth, for the actual person that you are, not just an idea, not just a theory, not just a religion, but you, 
in all of your beauty. We're so hungry for you. And this morning, God, it is all for you. It is not for me. It's not for anything else other than you. So may you be so honoured and so welcome in this place this morning. Amen. So this morning, I'm talking about hunger. Is anyone hungry right this second? Did everyone have breakfast this morning? (laughs) So now I might just get you to just stay. Is that all right? Amazing. Um, So I have always said, and this is like my revelation, I have had the privilege of growing up um, in a Christian home. I've been to church my whole life and I have heard so many sermons and messages, whether it's been in youth or church or conferences. Um, And I am now 30. Yes, I know. Um, And I am married, I have a baby, and I am at this point in my life where I have just discovered the one thing that matters in all of it, in everything. And if you've been in this church before, you would have heard me say it, that I am convinced that nothing is more important in my life than my personal, intimate walk with God. There is nothing else. Not my husband, not my baby, not my work. There is nothing else that is as important to me as knowing God in a personal, and I mean personal, deep, personal, intimate way. Because when I know Him, then I'm a good wife. When I know Him, then I'm an incredible mother. When I know His love, then I know how to love my son like the way that He loves me. When I know His purpose and His plans, I can walk into my workplace and I can be His hands and His feet. I'm not saying all those other things aren't important. Of course, my son is like, my gosh, like I would just give everything for him, of course. But if I'm doing it out of my own strength, if I'm doing it out of my own will, my own imperfections, it's always going to fail because me as Charlotte is not that fantastic. (laughs) I have huge flaws. I have huge failings, but me with him, now that's a power couple. (laughs) We can work with that. We can do something with that. And so whenever you hear me talk, I just, my heart, my heart for you is that not that you get good at religion, not that you get good at knowing scriptures off by heart because you studied them and they just like, not that you get good at raising your hands the highest or singing the loudest. My heart for you, as long as I am a senior pastor in this church, which might be for a year, it might be for forever, it might be someone said to me, I'm going to be here when you hand this church over to your son. And I was like, interesting. (laughs) Interesting that you think that that transition will happen. My son is 10 months old, so I don't really know. Anyway, anyway, that's fine. Maybe, who knows? Who knows what God's going to do? But for as long as I'm here, all I want is for you to fall more in love with God and not just fall in love with Him, but know Him and know who He is in the most deep, real, raw, vulnerable way and not a weird Christian filter of Him that you learnt maybe years ago in Sunday school, not a, you know, a church thing, not a sermon thing, not a good, but actually 
him. Him. You could take everything away from me. I could not attend church for five years and it wouldn't change my walk with him because I know him, because every day I'm communicating with him, because every day there is this deep hunger in me to just run after him, to get his thoughts about situations, to get his ideas about my future, to understand what his will is for my life. It's actually not about me anymore. I've got to this place where I'm like, Jesus, I I don't even, even when I share, there's a little insight into Charlotte Halliday. I am a, people would say I'm an outgoing person. You know, you have your introverts and your extroverts, doesn't matter. Benaiah is an introvert. (laughs) People would say that I'm an extrovert. You know, when I preach and when I'm preparing for you, because I do take it so seriously when I come before you guys and I share a bit of my heart with you and a bit of God's heart. Sometimes I get to the point, and I was at this point yesterday. (laughs) This is to me just being really real. And I was like, oh, God, I don't, I don't actually want to talk. <laughs> and not because, not because I don't want to talk for you. Like, not because, you know, it was just a thing of what I have to say. I just want you to experience him. If that comes through me sharing, then that's fantastic. If it comes from us worshipping for an hour, then that is fantastic. If it comes from you face down on the ground, you know, not being able to move because the weight of His glory is so overwhelming, then that is fantastic. But I don't have this complex in me that's like, they've got to hear what I have to say this week. Like, I just, I don't, I don't care about that. I just, I want you to love Him and to know Him. And this morning, that is what I'm talking about. So Psalm 63 verse 1. There's a chunk of Psalm 63 that is our kind of theme for the year. So in the New American Standard Version, it says, O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. And earnestly means with sincere and intense conviction. How good is that? I will seek you with sincere and intense conviction. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. And this translation or this paraphrase, the passion says, O God of my life, I am lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more, with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. How hungry are you this morning? How actually hungry are you? Did you come this morning for a good pick-me-up to get you through the week? Or did you come going, oh God, I'm so desperate. I'm so desperate for you this morning. And I know that I can get you every moment of every day when I'm in my own space. But when I come together with other people that are desperate for you, I know that you do something in that atmosphere. Did you come with that hunger and desperation to go, maybe you actually need a word, maybe you need a miracle. So you come in for that. But did you come this morning hungry for Him and not for what He can do because what He does is just a byproduct of who He is. Benar and I, we fast every now and again and people have different thoughts about water fasting. We actually do it for the health. There's a lot of research coming out now about how fasting helps rejuvenate cells and blah, blah, blah. If you want to talk to me about that, if you're interested in it, come and have a conversation. We've done lots of research into it. So 
we like to fast twice a year normally at the beginning of the year and then halfway through the year for health benefits. But then obviously, you know, it says in the Word to pray and fast. I'm not saying that you need to fast as a Christian. I think God can still speak to you. I don't think that He's like limiting Himself because you're not eating or because you are eating. Um, but I think that if you do do a water fast, it does have a thing of clearing your mind and taking focus off other things. And there is kind of this spiritual element where you're a little bit more aware. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it because I'm not going to say fast, don't fast. This is just what Benar and I do. And I know when you fast, you get very hungry <laughs> because you're not eating. The longest fast I have ever done is seven days. Benaiah has done 21 days. So he is a beast at this. He's no, no food, just water. Um, and when you're fasting, it's so interesting because... <laughs> Normally, we sit down for dinner or we sit down to watch TV and we're watching, I don't know, what we watch, Gogglebox or The Office or Seinfeld or we watch stuff that's kind of light and, you know, just enjoyable at the end of our day. When you fast, the weirdest thing happens. We start watching YouTube food shows. But like, I know it's the weirdest thing. I never, ever, ever have watched... Like, you know those ones where they do the eating challenges and it's like 5,000 calories and it's like this really skinny guy that's like, I'm going to eat all this food. And it's disgusting. I never watched that ever in my day-to-day -day life. But for some reason, when you fast, all you want to see is food. And so we will put on these shows. There's this guy, he does a lot of Asian food. So he goes around and eats dumplings. I never eat dumplings. He's there slurping and I'm like, oh, dumplings, yum. Like, and normally it would just, it's never a thing. But when you're hungry, when you limit yourself from something, that is what you want. And then it's really interesting because I find that it's always, if I have been eating pasta and rice and whatever, leading up to my fast, I'll get to my fast to have a couple of days of detoxing. You feel awful. And then once that switches, it's like your brain knows and your body knows what you want. And it's all carrot and celery and lettuce. I remember the last time I fasted and I said to Benaya, I just want an iceberg lettuce and I just want a crunch into that iceberg lettuce because my body had been detoxed of all of the carbs and all of the processed food and all of the unhealthy stuff that now I wanted what was good for me, which is really interesting. Now I want what's good for me. And I think the same thing comes with spiritual hunger. Is It's opposite though, because when you fast physical food, obviously you get hungry and you want more food. But when you eat more of God, when you partake and you learn and you hunger after Him, the more you get, the actual more you want. The hungrier you become by the more that you partake of Him. The opposite occurs. So it's not so much, I need to refrain from worship and the Word and everything else so that I get hungry. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. It's the more that you hunger for Him, the more that you delve into His goodness and the complexities of who He is and His love and His character, the more hungry you get because you're like, God, I've got to know more of you. It's just then you get so unsatisfied. However, you're not hungry for God when you fill up with all of the carbs, with all of the processed food, with all of the sugar, with all of the things that the world throws at you, whether it's, I don't know, TV, 
work, family, it can be good things, but you get filled up on all of this stuff that you're not hungering after God because you're not hungering after God, if that makes sense. But the beautiful thing about God is that He responds to our hunger. It says in Matthew 6 verse 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So the more that you say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you in a deep, beautiful way. The more that you press into Him, His promise is that He'll satisfy. And then that's when you go you go searching in your Word, you go searching in worship, you go spend time with Him and you get a taste of who He is. You get satisfied, but then at the same time, so unsatisfied because you realise that there's so much more to what you don't already have, what you haven't already experienced. And you know what? The more that you know Him, the more that you love Him, the more that you're walking with Him, it doesn't always mean that it's going to be easy. It doesn't always mean that it's going to be clear sailing. It doesn't always mean that, you know, the more I hunger after God, the more my problems will go away. Not at all. And even I was thinking about it when I was preparing. I don't think she's here this morning, but Michelle Green is somebody who, whenever you talk to Michelle, if you know Michelle, whenever you talk to her, she can be going through something. I've had conversations with her where she's been teary and, you know, going through stuff, which is normal and human. But there is always this sweetness and this hunger for God and this desire to go, do you know what? But God is good and God is in control and it's all okay. And I know that at the end, of the end she's always just dripping because she's hungering after God. She is in this place where doesn't mean that everything's easy. doesn't mean that everything's right. Our one is someone else that I always hear this from her. Even when she goes through stuff, she's real and she's human and she feels it, but she'll always go, but God, but my God. And these women are so, these mamas of the house are so inspirational to me because I look at their walk and I go, I want that. I want that even if I'm going through stuff, even if I'm, you know, going through hard things, that there's still that hunger to go, God, but I know you're good. And I know you've got something for me in this, so I'm going to press in. So many times when we go through stuff, we pull back and we go, oh no, it's too hard, God. Both of these women have shown me throughout their walk with God that even when it's hard, they push in further. They want to go in deeper. They want to see what the blessing is on the other side. And if we can get this church, if we can love Him and adore Him, not just when it's easy, but even press in when it's difficult. And some of you, you put your hands up. Some of you might be in this place now. You said you need a miracle. You know, that might be you. You might at the point where you're like, God, like, I don't have anything to give anymore. I'm so broken. I'm so hurt. I'm so lost. But you just press in a little bit and it says you will be satisfied because you press in a little bit and he's like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I've I've got you. I love that. He meets you at your level of hunger and expectation. And I shared this this morning just when I was praying before. Matthew 7 verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks will be opened. Or what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? 
If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask Him? Who ask Him? And this is the beauty of our God is that He's not distant. He's not far off. He's not playing hide and seek saying, you know, come and try and find me. Like the moment that you start to hunger, the moment that you start to seek, the moment that you start to go, God, I'm just, I'm so desperate for you. And you step in, it says, ask, it'll be given. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be open. And I love that he uses that. Like earthly fathers, if you're an earthly father here, he says, if your son or your daughter asks you for a loaf of bread, you're not gonna go, here you go, give them a stone. So ridiculous. Or excuse me, daddy, can I please have a fish? Here is a snake, son. Like, and I love it. It's almost like it's sarcastic. Like it's almost got this like edge of humour in Jesus going, come on. Like, and we're evil. We're flawed. We're, you know, I was going to say we're flawless. We are flawed. We have insecurities. We have issues. We have things that we go through. And yet you still know how to give good gifts to your children. And yet your Father in heaven who is perfect, perfect love, perfect kindness, perfect truth. How much more? How much more? And I love that. He meets us at our level of expectation, but then He exceeds it. You press in, you hunger, you thirst. You say, Jesus, I want to know you more. I'm going to be desperate for you. I'm going to come with an expectation that you're going to move, that you're going to do something. And He doesn't just go, okay. He then exceeds. And it says, because... He who is heaven, who, the Father who is in heaven gives what is good, good to those who ask Him. And do you know what? Sometimes I just think, God, I wonder if we don't have because we don't ask. But then it's like this weird, okay, stay with me here because I was thinking about it this morning and I was like, it's like this weird cycle and it might get confusing. You don't hunger, so you don't know, so you don't ask, so you don't receive. But then... You don't know, so you don't hunger, so you don't ask, so you don't receive. Does that make sense? Like a weird like cycle of like, you might come to church every single week, fantastic. But the process is when you're hungry, when you're hungry, you know Him. And not knowing what He can do, that's separate. Like I said, that's a byproduct of who He is. But you're hungry for Him. Then you know what He can do. And then you know what to ask for because you know Him and you know that He can do it. And then you receive of what He can do because you know Him and you've asked. Does that make sense? (laughs) Is that like a weird like roundabout of circle? Yes. You have to be hungry enough to know Him. And then when you know Him, you know what to ask for because you know it's who He is. And then you receive off that, which then makes you more hungry because you're like, there's more to you, God. So then you get to know Him more and then you know what to ask and then you receive. And it's this beautiful circle of life in your relationship with Him. And some of you just go straight to asking, but you don't know. You're asking of Him, but you don't know Him. Interesting. But then you won't be hungry for him 
because you're just asking of what He can do for you, what He can give you, what you, you can receive off Him. But then you're not going to be hungry because you don't actually know that that comes from a person and the perfect, beautiful person of Jesus who is flawless and who is so much more than just giving me things. God, I need this. God, do this. So many people, it's, it's interesting. And God is so gracious and He's so good. But I, I hear so many people that when they're going through trials and horrible things, that's when they pray. And you might have even seen it on the news, like even like world events and people say, oh, you know, we're praying for blah, blah, blah. And they'll say a country. And it's like, you, I mean, that's lovely. That's nice. But you don't know him. Then he will respond because he's gracious and he's kind and he's loving and he, he's not going to turn people away that just pray. But I'm like, how much better to know him him, actual him as his person. Another example of this is my wonderful father, who is not here. Um, he's doing some work stuff. Um, I, from time to time, and all of the parents here would know that this occasionally happens when you have children, have asked my dad for money. <gasps> yes, not recently, but yes, I have before. Excuse me, dad, maybe even mom, like, can you help me out here? I know my parents, yeah? I know them. I know their relationship with me. I know that they love me. I know that they have the money in the bank. That is why I ask. I'm not going to go and ask, I was going to say, Paul Stewart for money. Actually, maybe I would, Paul. <laughs> maybe I would. I won't use anyone here because I probably know you all. But I'm not going to go and ask a random down the street, someone that I walk into in Woolworths. Oh, excuse me. I'm just, I really need some money. Would you be able to give me some money? That is so ridiculous because there's no relationship. I don't know that person. I don't know their situation. I don't even know if they have money. They don't know who I am. Why would they give me money? But for my dad, it's such an easy conversation because I know him. And so when it comes to you and God, when it comes to hungering, do you hunger enough to know, enough to ask, enough to receive? off your Father in heaven who wants to give you good gifts. And that's it. Sometimes we think God is this cranky, mean person. He's a good God. And when we hunger after Him, when we get desperate, and I just think there is something that this generation needs when it comes to desperation to run after and to search for the heart of God. Some of us need to starve things so that we get more hungry for God and then eat more of God so we get more hungry. Because I tell you what, if we had, and this is all what pursuit is about. I'm going to read that verse again, but it says, I shall earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land. We are in a dry and weary land at the moment across our generation. And if we had a group of people that hungered and thirsted after God and said, God, I'm so unsatisfied with normal. I'm so unsatisfied with day to day. I want to know you. When I walk into my workplace, I want to know what you think about that person. I want to know your heart for that person. When I see that news story on the news, I don't just want to judge and 
cast accusation. I want to go, God, what's your heart for that situation? What are you trying to do in our world at the moment? Do we know God enough that when you come here, you've been so desperate and so hungry through your week that when we get into this place, the atmosphere is so pregnant with expectation that it's like, it's just like a little pinprick and then it's like, like just a burst of like God's outpouring of His Holy Spirit. And I said this, I said this to Benaiah when we kind of, we met together as leaders and I was talking about hunger and I was like, do you know what? I just wonder, I just wonder, and I'm risking it by saying it, but I'm going to let you in on my thoughts. I just wonder if this is it if this is the key to revival, if this is the key for us to see God's kingdom come and His will be done, if this is all it is, just a group of people that's hungry, just a group of people that's desperate, just a group of people that says, you know what, God, church is not good enough. The song services are not good enough. I want you I want you. I don't just want to sit and come and have my Sunday morning consumed by a service that then I don't encounter you. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's as simple as it is. We talked about having a godly confidence, knowing who you are and what you bring. Then we talked about the roar of revival. But if you're not hungry, those things aren't going to happen <laughs> because you come here in it for an hour and you go and you live your life. That's fine. But those that are hungry, those that are hungry wake up on Monday morning and they sit with God and they go, God, show me. Show me who you are. Show me your heart. Show me what you want from this week. Let me feel so deeply for our city, for the lost, for this nation, for the politics. Let me feel something that your heart feels that it moves me into action. Maybe that's all it is, church. Maybe this is so simple. It's not about all these fancy theologies of everything. Maybe it's just a church that's so flippin' hungry that we go, Oh, let us sink our teeth into that worship. Worship team, you don't even need to encourage me to lift my hands because my hands are all the way raised. You don't even have to ask me to lift my voice because I'm, I'm losing my voice every Sunday because I'm singing so loud. You don't have to tell me to invite people to the young adult scene because I've already, they're already there. Every young adult I already know is already there. And so I have to go out and make new friends. Like imagine if that's all it was. And because you know Him, not because of fancy talk of revival and all this supernatural spiritual stuff, but just because of Him, just because everything is wrapped up in Him, healing, love, joy, freedom, truth, righteousness, holiness, true, everything, everything is just all in Him. Everything that you have ever needed, ever wanted, He is your solution. He is your solution. And like I said, it doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. Talk to those beautiful women that I mentioned. It doesn't mean that it's going to be all sun and roses, but it does mean that you have somebody that you're walking with, that is alongside you, that is your partner, that can hold your hand, that can even hold you through that and carry you through the trials. Sometimes He does that and He's so gracious and so kind, but you wouldn't know that if you don't know Him. Oh, and I can't, I can't make you hungry. I can't 
convince you. I can encourage. Like I said, if, if you're hearing him talk right now, then that's all that matters. But it just, to be so hungry, to be so desperate. Some of us need to starve some things and eat more of him. How do you become hungry? You pursue, you talk to, you invite, you read your word, you put worship on, you meet with him every day in every moment. You get to know who he is and you taste and see that he is good. And then you want more of that goodness, so then you hunger more. It's as simple as it is. How do I become hungry, Charlotte? How do I become hungry? Turn the TV off. Put your phone down. Put some worship on. Sit with him. Minister to his heart. Love him back. Sit out in nature. Watch birds. This is a new thing for Benara and I. (laughs) He said it. He was like, when I was younger, I thought bird watching was so lame. Literally every morning we feed these birds because Bear gets really excited about it. Bear is our son. And we feed birds on our lawn and they come down and he goes, and like squeals and flaps his arms and gets really jolly. And Benar and I just sit there and we watch birds now. And we love it. (laughs) We're getting old, but we love it. And we sit there and we watch their interactions and we think that, we think the lorikeets are a bit of a bird game in Basin View because... They're small. Lorikeets are not big. Big mad magpies come down and they hop over. Have you seen lorikeets? They hop on the ground. Anyway, they hop over and squawk and the big magpies are like, ooh, and then fly away. It's weird. It's like a weird dynamic. A little pigeon came down. I said to Benai, oh, it's a little pigeon. That's not a pigeon. I was like, that's a pigeon. No, Googled it. It's actually a crested pigeon. So it's a pigeon. Anyway. But we're learning about God by watching birds. Even the colours. This is our conversation yesterday morning. We're looking at the colours of the lorikeets. And I was like, how crazy that each one of those colours is a feather. Like it looks like they're just flawed. Like it looks like it all just, like you can't see the feathers individually. It all just looks smooth. And I'm like, they're actual feathers. And they like merge into, and I'm like, God is so beautiful. Why did he do that? He didn't need to create these fluoro colors on feathers, but he did. It's beautiful. That's my God. My God makes beautiful things that I can look at and go, that is beautiful. We live on the water. We have have a beautiful outlook of sunset every night. And I was sitting out there last night and I said to Benaiah, we get to watch our God paint this masterpiece of colours across our sky every night. I don't know who else is looking at that, but that's for me. That moment is for him to go, Charlotte, this is a beautiful moment for you to sit and enjoy my masterpiece. And my soul is rested. I feel at peace. Stuff that was worrying worrying me before doesn't worry me anymore. And I sit there and I just partake in him the beauty of who he is. And to some of you, that might sound really boring. (laughs) Bird watching and sunsets. But to me, that's just an expression of him, his beauty. And so I think if we can be so hungry, 
that you know Him and Him. And I keep saying it, but I just think sometimes we just get so good at the Christian process of you know Him through a sermon. You know Him because you listened to that podcast. You know Him because you went to that conference when we could go to conferences. You know Him because you come to church. No, 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 no. Take all of that away when it's just you and Him. Know Him because your life will be so full and beautiful and vibrant and amazing, personal, 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 personal. In Jesus' name. So, what are we going to do? Just close your eyes where you're at. We're going to do two things. The first thing I just want to give some privacy for. So if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus, you don't even know the God that I'm talking about, that hunger, that personal relationship with Him, or maybe even you have before, but you're sitting there going, oh, Charlotte, I don't, I don't actually know Him anymore. I don't know that personal intimate, raw relationship that you're talking about. I'm just going to give you an opportunity. Just take a moment and say, yep, God, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to that personal walk with you. I'm coming back to that personal relationship with you. Or I want to start it afresh for the first time this morning. If that's you, would you just lift your hand just really briefly, just for acknowledgement. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, amazing. Thank you so much. Once you've put it up, you can put it down. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you so much. You know, he sees that hand and his heart just bursts with love. His heart just bursts with joy. And he says, I'm with you. I love you. So, Father, I thank you for those incredible people that put up their hand and said, yes, I'm coming back to you. Not a religion, not a service, not but you. I want to know you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just minister to their hearts, even just as they're sitting there in this moment. God, that you would come and you would just overwhelm them with your love, with your kindness, cover them, hold them, embrace them. Father, I thank you that you are close to us, that you come near to us, says draw near to God and he draws near to us, that you do that within a second, within a moment. We don't have to do anything. You're just, you're there. So Father, I thank you for that. And I just pray for our whole church family, our whole church family in this moment. God, that you would just start to stir inside of them just a hunger and a thirst for you. You as their friend, you as their father, you as their king, you, God, that they would know you, the depths of your heart, your character, your personality, everything about you, your will, God, that as they sit and they hunger for you this week, whether it's in the Word, whether it's in worship, God, that you would just pour out so much of yourself 
things that people didn't know they would discover this week about you. And that as they do, as you do that, God, that they would just get so much more hungry for you, that we would be a generation and a people that is hungry to know you, know you personally and intimately and rawly and vulnerably. God, that we would be so desperate for you, God, because when we're desperate for you, you respond to us, you move towards us and we can ask things in your name and it says they will be done. We can ask for your miracles and they will come forth because it's who you are. So God, we just ask, we just take a moment just to say yes, yes to the invitation to know you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I just pray over our church family, God, that as they go out this week, that they would be so obsessed with you and you would meet them in their hunger. God, that you would just so overwhelm them. I pray for encounters with you like never before. And God, that as we know you, we know what you're capable of. We so willing, so readily and willingly ask you for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven and that we partner with you in establishing that, God, be in your hands and feet in our community, in our city, in our workplace, in our families, God, that when we get your heart for things, God, that it will move us, compel us, God. I pray protection over our church family this week. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.